0: hello and welcome to the kosh i'm your host timber smith and the kosh is a podcast that spotlights people who have had an association with oshkosh or the surrounding fox cities area good morning kosh listeners once again yes we are here saturday morning uh you know let me i always like to give that weather report so you can relate to what's going on in the moment and uh it is. It looks gorgeous from the windows, but when I took Bosco, the to podcast dog, out to go potty, it's freezing. It is freezing, and this week, our Wednesday and Thursday, where we're deceptively nice, and I think I think it's I think we're done now. Uh, I hate to say it, but I think that was uh, s- uh sixth and seventh summer <laughs> before. <laughs> We roll into that uh, that word, that word called winter. It makes me feel some kind of way. It puts me all into my feelings. Um, but like every morning here on The Kosh, um, we are about to have an amazing show. I am super, super, super excited about this guest. Um, there's energy in the space. This episode is about to be fire, just fire. Yes, I I put the pressure on the guest. The guest (laughs) is looking at me right now saying, what? Why? Why are you doing this? Uh, Because it's just facts. Facts are facts. That's just how we get down. So without further ado, this week's guest is Carolyn DeRose E.A.,
1: that's, that's pretty close. That's close? <laughs> that's
0: hey, look, and, and, and kosh listeners, I actually took the time this time to remember to ask how to enunciate it, and I totally phonetically wrote it out. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. I'm just saying. <laughs> All
1: right. Carolyn, how do we appropriately enunciate it? Carolyn DeRosier. De it was a French pronunci- pronunciation.
0: <clears throat> okay, okay.
1: I'm glad you didn't tell me
0: it had a French Pronunciation, because I would have, <laughs> I would have made up some accent and totally
1: slaughtered it all right. up even worse. So, most people don't say it okay, right, and that's okay by me. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, that's fair enough. I, I get that. Um I don't have that technical difficulty with the last name of Smith.
1: Yeah, I didn't. My maiden name is Armstrong. So, oh, I mean, you spell it how it sounds. I never once had to spell it for people, and now you know, anytime you call. Whatever service, and uh, have to spell the name out. It's got a lot of R's and S's, so it's it's difficult. It's sort of painful, but it's beautiful. It's it means of the rose bush. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay, (laughs) you even get a meaning.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's
0: cool. That's kind of cool. All right, I'm the person that um, when I go to places, and they're like, "What's your last name, Smith? How do you smell spell that, Smith?" no i don't even spell it because i just feel like it's an insult to everybody's intelligence in that scenario yeah i don't know anyone who doesn't know how to spell smith
1: Mm -hmm. that's
0: just i don't know maybe i'm wrong for that
1: you know i don't think so (laughs) no no
0: i've never had anybody come back to me and be like uh can you spell that please and i was like no
1: like oops i spelled it wrong (laughs) yeah
0: so that's just one of those things all right you ready to make this happen oh i'm ready Okay. so uh, But Carolyn, can you please tell us a little something about yourself and your connection to the Kosh or the surrounding Fox Cities area?
1: Sure. So I have lived in the Kosh and surrounding Fox Cities area my entire life. And I feel a little weird saying that because yeah, I'm not somebody who thought I would spend my entire life in my hometown. And I think I have had judgments in the past about people who do that. But um, I grew up in Appleton. Uh, went to Appleton West High School in Renaissance. I stayed in Appleton to go to Lawrence. After Lawrence, I had some good job opportunities, so I stayed to work. And then um, it's a great place to raise a family. So now I've got two kids. One's going to be six next week. She's Ooh. super excited. Every day we count on the days till her birthday. And my son, who's 17 months old, and um, every phase in my life, I there's more to discover about the Fox Cities, Fox Valley region. Um I think I just didn't see it when I was growing up. Like, I didn't know. And and it's also changed over time. But I'm really enjoying that in every phase of my life. Um, it seems richer. And so now I feel more proud to say that, yeah, this is my hometown. This is where I grew up.
0: Well, there's definitely, um, as you get older, those priorities change, right? And so, like, stuff that you never cared about, all of a sudden, it's on the forefront. Like, it's super important. And then it, it makes the entire environment, the region um, feel different. Yeah. But I mean, for young people around here, man, I, I as somebody who used to be an admissions counselor, uh, there's very few young people from uh, locally who want to stay local. They're all like, I right, gotta get away from here, and, uh, and God forbid you've been born and raised like the kosh or something. There,
1: yeah. I wonder if that's just looking back, just part of your development, like part of your youth. Of you know, you want to go and you want to do something different, and you don't want to be defined by you know, what's around you. Um, my day job is working for the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley region. And that also just makes this region like even more fascinating and rich to live in because I get to learn so much about what's going on in the community. And and um, what I do is I get to help direct grants to support that. So pretty much every day of the week, there's like something new I learn about the community that makes me go, wow, like we're really lucky. People are doing amazing things um, so I know that I'm privileged to have kind of a special window into what's going on that makes me feel really excited and hopeful to live here. Um, so try to share that with, with others when I can so they know some of what's going on, but it's pretty amazing.
0: No, that's that's the truth. Like, um, you don't really know how amazing it is unless you know. You don't know unless you know, right? And and um, as someone who is uh, slowly but surely becoming a little more informed about the region as a whole, I'm always blown away. Yeah. Like there's just all of this cool stuff. Like you think we don't have it and then you find out we actually have it or someone's working on it or there's an organization that supports this. And you're just I'm always just like, whoa, OK, like that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Like there's not much we don't have. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit.
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: So and. I don't know about you, but we sure are like the biggest boomerang region around these parts.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I heard you guys talking about that last week's episode. Definitely. So it's nice to see even folks that left the area that's like, oh, they're leaving. Maybe I should be leaving. They're back now. (laughs) Many of them are back now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They do. Like, I think you go, you try it out for a little while. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think some of the things that get you is like that cost of living in other places. Uh, Yeah. Like it gets real, real fast.
1: The grandparents is also what brings people like if they're going to have kids. Oh, yeah. you know I'm so lucky to have my parents and a couple other family members close by to help with kids stuff. Mm. If I did not, oh, I, I don't know how I would do it, like work full time, be a mom, do community stuff. So I think a lot of people come back for their family and for, for help with raising their family. Oh, yeah. That
0: grandparent thing is 100% serious, serious as somebody who's on the opposite end
1: yes <laughs> you know
0: i'm i'm uh, i'm hopeful because that's going to be a good time in life i think you would be an awesome grandpa <laughs> oh yeah there's things i got i got game plans there's <laughs> there's plans you for already these got the
1: things. bow tie and the I'll, sweater vest <laughs> there,
0: there there will be influence going on <laughs> all sorts of influence i've got uh trains and hot wheel tracks if there's a young man and if there's a young lady, I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. We're, we'll. <laughs> they we'll.
1: probably also would like trains and Hot Wheel tracks.
0: Well, that, this is probably true, but I, I think I might have other plans. We even like like a NASA engineer. No, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> you're right though. No. Plane uh, trains and Hot Wheel tracks. will go all around. I just want to get back to some of those old school. Uh, like, really, I'm gonna be honest. Like, that's part of it. I want to be able to buy those toys.
1: Yeah. I'm so my brother has a, um, a couple of kiddos, they're all wonderful. And um, one of his, his oldest son, you know, they're really into Legos together. And half oh. the time, I'm like, you're just really happy you get to play with Legos again, dude. Ah, <laughs> like, facts. buying all these fancy Lego sets. It's like, you're more into this than your son is right now. <laughs> But that's okay. We all need to be a little kid sometimes.
0: Oh, no, I'm all about that Lego thing, too. Yeah. Like, I grew up on the Legos. Uh, my mom probably curses the Legos. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking she might have lost uh, the heel of her foot several times <laughs> to f- due to Legos. So but those Lego the last, scars. <laughs> th- there, it, There's there's legit Lego PTSD. <laughs> 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 I don't know about you, but if you've really stepped on a corner of a couple of Legos, yes. like, it's serious. It's, it's right up there with, like the pinky toe hitting the stub of the bed.
1: It is. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: just say it. All right. We are, you ready to jump into the first segment? I am. Yeah. Okay. First segment is what in the world is going on with you start with the phrase, what in the world is going on with, and you tell us what's on your mind.
1: What in the world is going on with Wisconsin's shared revenue system? Bruh. I just recently have learned more about this. And the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, what is going on? And why don't people know about it and talk about it? I feel like people should be really upset about it and should be, um, you know, we just had an election. And so I think it's on my mind how <clears throat> residents can use their voices to advocate. But for those that may not may not know about it, um, and I'm by no means an expert in it, but I'll share you what I've learned, when we pay income tax, we pay sales tax. <clears throat> it goes into pooled state revenue, the shared revenue. And that revenue is then supposed to be shared back out with municipalities throughout the state. And it's supposed to particularly benefit and help out some of the smaller towns, villages um, that you know on their own might struggle more with property tax income, it might be more challenging to, to make their budgets work and still be able to pr- provide services. And for the last 10 years, at least, the shared revenue amount is just stagnant. Like everybody's, you know, paying more, costs are going up, inflation, but it's just stagnant. That money is really not coming back to us in a way that matches or keeps up um, with expenses. Facts. Yeah. And then now I'm realizing, you know, you have these villages, towns that are going to referendum to ask people to help pay for their firemen pay for their basic public services and people feel like, well, I already pay a lot and now you're asking me for more, right? <clears throat> exactly. They get, they get angry. They get, they get upset and point their feelings at the local municipality. When in the end, I think they should be upset at the state. And I think they should be talking to their state representatives because this is not making any sense. And what I have not been able to figure out yet. And I wonder if you know, this timber is where does that money go? Cause if it's not coming back to the communities, what is it doing where does it go um not
0: here yeah I, that, I don't know where it goes but it is a serious thing and I can tell you i just sat in on a council meeting uh not not for our particular uh county but for another county I had to go to and that was the conversation and the conversation was as uh the different constituents the representatives uh whether it's county, Uh, county board or whoever uh, county supervisors go and talk to the state, their thing is like, before you come and ask us for anything, exhaust all your options. Mm -hmm. You're not doing all the things. You should be taxing this. You should have a sales tax for that. You should do this and then come to us. And I was like, I don't know if that's the answer.
1: I don't think it is because I was reading about this um, and learned that there's a cap on how much municipalities can increase their tax and Correct. if they if they increase it too much then they're not eligible. And there was one one village um that was still trying to abide by that rule and all they got back in shared revenue was $7,000. And yet they're still Bruh. trying. Yeah, they're still trying to you know meet these limits and meet these requirements so they can be eligible for it. It's messed
0: up. It is messed up. And I think
1: people should ask their representatives what's going on here. Right. <laughs> what are you doing about it? Yes.
0: I, I think it's a great question, and it's a it is definitely a conversation that I've I've heard multiple times, uh, particularly in in my environment right now, um, but I I have no answers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I understand <clears throat> what's happening and how it's negatively impacting communities, but I still want to know where did the money go? What's happening with it? It's not coming to communities. It's is it just sitting there? That would make me upset. <laughs> and,
0: well, and, and I mean, you know, from what I. And I don't know if this is, you know, there is a surplus. There's a state Mm. surplus. Now, some of that I know came from um, federal money, like maybe federal COVID monies or emergency funds for things like that. But um, something tells me that, you know, um, I just don't know what they're doing with it. And and why is it not coming back to these communities to help? Fun because everything costs more and there's more needs right period
1: and i can understand how people are looking at that and they're looking at increasing their property taxes and all these referendums asking for more and feeling like i don't have any more to give um but i think then they should we should be looking at all the resources um and where our money our money our income tax money our sales tax money is going and what it's not doing before we maybe you know Come back to these folks who are just trying to do the best they can to again provide the services that we need, make sure we have good quality of life. Facts. All right. So that went hard. <laughs> you
0: came in. Yeah. I'm, well,
1: so I've been thinking about. <laughs> you've been
0: you've been thinking about this. Been sitting on your soul. Yeah. Okay. I'm with that. All right. Well, okay. Carolyn, um, my what in the world is going on with is uh What in the world is going on with political ads? Oh, yeah. Bruh. I am so frustrated with political ads. Even though the election is basically over right now, I can't help but to feel traumatized by this this election season more so than any other election season that I've ever had. And I'll tell you why. Because, like, all right, I'm used to at the federal level, you know, that the... all the ads that are going to happen for, you know, those running for uh, the Senate and governor and stuff like that to an extent. But these ads were at the local level
1: and they were nasty. And it's kind of traumatizing to see like if it's someone you actually know, right. To suddenly see them painted in this way. It's like, this just doesn't even make sense. (laughs) And not only that, uh, there's, they just constantly play. Like it's just this
0: flood of just ongoing like look I'm already not a huge commercial fan like I'm I'm not digging commercials but the fact that like three out of four are this whole really notoriously negative thing and and it has this feeling to it and it's totally trying to and it's. A lot Doing. of it's inciting fear, which, uh, inc- you know,
1: even if you don't process it in the moment, I think it's there. So I agree. I think it is traumatizing.
0: It incites fear. It incites racism. It just incites negative feelings towards a fellow human being that is not a bad person. Yeah. I mean, that on both sides, like nobody's that bad who's trying to run for public office.
1: And they're so um, predictable, right? It's like if it's a, if it's an attack ad. They've taken a picture of someone and they have manipulated it, so it's got like bold red and black and and then there's right. scary music and somebody with a scary voice, and it's just like, really? The and I wonder like whose job is it to make these? And how do they feel? I would feel pretty bad <laughs> if that was my job. and I knew what I was doing. yeah you know Ugh.
0: like it it's just icky. and you know what? Here's my other problem with it. Have you heard the number that was spent on ads this year?
1: No, I don't really want to hear it, but tell me. (laughs) 16 billion. Oh, gosh. So we spent
0: 16 billion billion on these ads that make us feel crappy that overwhelm our 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 tv enjoyment or just in in media enjoyment how about we just say media enjoyment because these ads pop up everywhere now they pop up on social media they pop up on the radio they pop up on the tv like you just can't escape them they pop up on your phone Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i mean i'm frustrated with that you know what and and what frustrates me even more is like I know that back in the day there, there was the McCain fine gold um, bill that, that was pushed to try to, to limit the amount of ca- campaign finance. Right. Mm-hmm. And that got overturned and stuff like that because, and they said it, freedom of speech mm-hmm. was the, the, what they used for it. Um, so basically if you're more wealthy, you can have more freedom of that speech. Um, and I don't know, Yep. no, I don't look. I can deal with some negative ads, but I don't. It shouldn't take over our lives. It's uh, those ads are worse than watching bad reality TV shows.
1: <laughs> yeah, the texts too. I right? so many texts and every single one, the, the level of urgency, like you need to read this right now. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, do you really think any of
0: that is changing how? Well, I will say this: I do think some of it is effective in changing some votes. I do think there was some. Um, and I'll just call it out, I do think like some of that racial stuff, when you're, you're darkening skin and, and you're connecting individuals to crime and they ain't did no crime and all that crap, yeah, I do think that plays to people's bias.
1: Yep, and we saw that play out in, you know, if you were to compare the votes that Evers got and the votes that Barnes got, I think that's part of what's going on there. Oh. And I don't think people want to talk about that, but I
0: Oh yeah. no, I'll call it out. It just yeah. is what it is. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like no doubt because I I I know enough conservative people, people that are good people and and I'm friends with um that have made statements like yeah, I I just couldn't I just couldn't get past trusting him. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? If anything that dude was as he was about his as, he was too nice. <laughs> yeah. I actually thought to myself, yeah, man, he's a little too nice. Mm-hmm. Like he was just way too nice.
1: But that's hard too if you know people are going to perceive you as some of the stereotypes, right? <clears throat> you might be even trying to be nicer or play things down and not even would really be yourself and no matter what, people are going to take your images. Oh yeah. You know, take the whatever moment in a speech you gave where your face looked funny that's what they're going to take and put it in the attack ad yes. with whatever they want it sucks and i and i know people who um were candidates and were you know portrayed in attack ads in certain ways oh, me and too. they're just like what the you know this isn't who i am but they also say well it's cuz it works and i'm like does it I, i'd like to think it doesn't cuz i i think it's just you know, makes me sick to my stomach. But apparently it is working for people, which is sad. I don't know if it,
0: I, I do think it, I think it works if you don't know, right? Yeah. But I think most people go into most of these scenarios with their mind made up. Yeah. Right. But if you're kind of teeter-tottering, if you see enough negativity about an individual, I think sooner or later it does affect. You can't, it can't help but to seep into your subconscious some kind of way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right.
0: So, um Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm mad about this. I think we should totally put a limit on the amount just on the pure fact of you just don't need it to that level. No. And if you don't want to cap the amount of money that goes into it, then we should be able to cap the amount of advertising. And that's actually
1: something I think most people would agree on, whatever side they're on. I think everybody could agree we don't need this much and we don't need this much money, I just think about where that money could have gone.
0: Sixteen billion for people to send you ridiculous ads or show ridiculous ads on TV. Ugh, it's, it's crazy. So Yeah,
1: in the work that I do, where I I see what some of the community needs are, and I see what money can do. Like that's part of what philanthropy is. That is awful. That's a huge waste. Yes
0: yes all right secretly i picked this because of you who you are because <laughs> i because i feel no I'm, I'm kidding actually um but yeah it, when i heard what i already was feeling some kind of way but when i heard that total dollar amount i was like wow so i've come up with a solution um I'm totally going to run for all offices as a write-in candidate. Timber Smith, if you don't like that crap, just write me in. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I, what If it's a blank slot and you want to write, write me in. Timber Smith. That's it. Nothing that's good to in. know. Yeah, that's it. And you know what? That's why I'm, I'm running out. No ads. You know what my <laughs> pledge is? No ads. You heard heard it here first, folks. Yeah, there's no ads. <laughs> There's, there's nothing. It's just going to be like, hey, are you frustrated with ads? Write in Smith. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wrote in a really good friend of mine who's amazing. I think she should run for office one day. And she wrote in me because we there were some folks that we didn't have choices on and didn't feel like we could vote for them. So we wrote in each other.
0: Hey, I think there's a little bit of that that always happens. Sometimes I just don't like it when there's no other option. Yeah. So then I got to write in something.
1: Timber Smith. That's what you're gonna write now. Well, yeah.
0: Look, I'm I'm creating a, a movement in Wisconsin. That's what I'm asking for. So um, it doesn't matter. I can be uh, the deeds person, the coroner. The the <laughs> <laughs> if there's a blank slot, write me in. There you go. Timber Smith. No ads. All right. You ready for the next segment? Yeah. Next segment is word association. Uh, This is where I'm going to say some words and you tell us what comes to your mind. And the first word, our unifying word, our favorite word, food.
1: There's so much good food. So all I have to think about is local is best. Like we just have so many good local options. We don't need to go to chains. So that's where I try to spend my money. We have a lot of independent run restaurants. Um, one I just tried recently, I was like, "Why haven't I been here yet?" Was the Thai Ginger Bistro in Appleton on on College Ave?
0: I know it's next. It's near like the Jerk Joint. It's
1: right next to the Jerk Joint. Yes. So like two amazing, like independent, you know, BIPOC owned restaurants, and they're both fantastic. And the flavors I tried at Thai Ginger Bistro, like I've just never. They start you out with a soup flight. They bring you oh. three little different types of soup broth to try. What? Yeah. And so I was like, I'm getting one of these. Bruh. And it was delicious. So and it's just really nice inside. Like the the decor, the feel of it is fun too. So yeah, I mean, there's so many places. I don't mean to just pick one particular one and, you know, not name others. But um yeah, I feel like if you're still living here and you're eating a lot at chain restaurants, like just, you know, do something different.
0: Treat yourself. Yeah. I agree. Oh, okay. So I'm totally going to try Thai Bistro.
1: Yeah, we, we can do lunch. It's so good. All, All right.
0: right. Uh, you uh you already heard that there are kosh listeners. <laughs> she said lunch. And you already know I hold people to their promises on the show. I will report back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, cocktail or beer? I'm more of a cocktail person. And my favorite cocktail is rum punch, but the Haitian rum punch, which is... Really good rum, like sugar cane rum, uh, passion fruit juice, uh, a little bit of lime, some grenadine. It's delicious,
0: bruh. That does sound that actually sounds Because when you said rum punch, you know what I thought? Wop,
1: yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, there's other versions of rum punch, and those ugh, no, it's, it's like the Haitian rum punch. That's good,
0: Haitian rum punch. Okay, fantastic. Um. I, I want to be introduced to that also. <laughs> and I just know that there's some kosh listeners right now that just had some type of flashback to their college days <laughs> at, the, at, at saying the word WAP. Yeah. It's serious. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, concert. The words that come to mind are connection and transformation. Um, I am a musician by training. And so, you know, I both think of concerts that I've attended and concerts that I've played. And I just, the moment that flashes for me is, so I I play cello or played I don't play very much now, but, um, played with the Lawrence Symphony and we got to do a tour once, which was super cool. We did this little Midwest tour and we played, um, part of that tour is playing Shostakovich Five and it's this epic piece of music. And I just remember this moment in the final movement of Shasti five, where I was just like transported, like you're making music with a hundred other people. It could go so many different ways. And when it comes together and when you move people and you can sometimes just like see people in the audience and see that they're moved and that they're connecting with you. There's nothing like that. Oh, that's deep. I love it. I miss it. Yeah. Okay
0: um i'm for the sake of asking do we have a favorite concert that we've ever attended
1: i was trying to think about that um i think my favorite concerts all by one artist actually i don't think they even really perform anymore but there's a jazz group called happy apple they're named after that little toy that like apple shake toy i don't know Um, you have to look it up um They're jazz musicians and it's a little bit avant-garde, but they're just like so in the moment when they play. And I just remember the space that they would open up at their performances. The couple times I saw them at Lawrence and I think those are some of my favorite. Like they just put all of who they were into the music every time. And it's different every time because a lot of it's improvised. So you leave there knowing that's never going to happen again. Like that moment, that will never happen again.
0: That sounds like the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Nope. yeah.
1: <laughs> Probably.
0: That's my way of relating. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: Okay. Um, Streaming. I've been streaming more on Hulu. And um the two shows I'm most watching now are Handmaid's Tale, which is kind of my heavy show, and Abbott Elementary, which is like my lighter show. So I kind of go back and forth between them. You know, Handmaid's Tale is a lot. Um, But it's so... Beautifully done, artistically done, the writing, the the directing, the acting, and the messages. Um, but sometimes it's so much, I'm like, I'm going to go laugh for a little while. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I um, I only made it through the first season of Handmaid's Tale, and then I had to back up
1: off of it. Yeah, it's intense. I, no. I think, and I know a lot of people are like, I can't watch it. And I'm like, yep, and I totally respect that. Uh, and then uh,
0: I just started watching Abbott Elementary, and that is so good. Yeah,
1: I love it. It's really funny. It's like The Office in some ways. Like you know, it's reminiscent of that. The the style of like the cameras sort of being there, like you're in a documentary. Um, the characters are so funny. Oh,
0: the characters are good.
1: Yeah, and the situations that happen in the school. I'm hoping <clears throat> I have a lot of friends who are teachers, and I haven't asked them about it yet. But I think a lot of the ridiculous things that happen in that show are exactly what happen in schools every day. And it's probably nice to just like see that portrayed.
0: Oh, yeah. Facts. Representation. Yeah. <laughs> shop local.
1: Yeah, I want to mention one of my favorite shop locals lately is um, a family business called Favorite. Favorite brand. Um, it's spelled F-A-V-O-R-Y-T. Josh and Amy Woods. It's hair care, skin care, beard care. Um, and it's so good. It's organic. They, they make it themselves. And they're also super innovative. So... They've invented cool things like um, their, uh, it's called Man on the Go, and it's made with like mango butter, so man-go, got it? Um, And it's like on-the-go beard care. So one side of it is like a wax, and the other side of it is a brush. And then they have the same thing for... um, Uh, for hair and my daughter loves that and it is super easy to use so I think it's just like super creative and they're really community oriented they give a lot back to the community so um, I know you can check them out online I think they've just started selling through Amazon and then I think there are some shops in Green Bay that actually have their their product in store
0: okay that was my next question like where are they at how do we uh you
1: know, because now I'm
0: fascinated.
1: I will send you some info. It's it's amazing stuff.
0: Because I I'm, I would really like to grow one of these super long uh, hunter beards.
1: Yeah, they've got the beard care all lined up. Beard oil. Beard. I, I don't really understand the beard care. <laughs> I'm not meant to really, but I don't have a beard. Um, but yeah, it's they're they're just doing amazing work and very family oriented. They're a beautiful family, and I just love to see them being successful.
0: Okay diversity.
1: Thought a lot about this one. It's all around and it's that's really cheesy, but it really is and it's a lot of different things. And the only thing I'd say is like if you're listening to this and you're like, "Is it? I don't see it." Hmm. You need to uh, find <laughs> you need to find a way to get around some children or some youth. Like I don't know if people really realize how quickly the diversity of our community is blossoming. You know, at our with our youngest folks.
0: I like that term, blossoming,
1: awesome. and how differently they think about it. Oh yeah, um, it's it's incredible, and I think it's refreshing, and I think we need to be around it, and I think we need to make space for youth to, you know, be heard and sort of take the lead on some of the stuff related to diversity because it just it they think of it differently and I think we need that. So if you're if you're not in a space where you I don't know, grandchildren, you don't volunteer anywhere with kids, like figure it out and get somewhere around some youth and in a way that you can um learn from them.
0: I feel like for the most part, uh the youth are just kinda like to them, it's just matter it just is. It's matter of fact.
1: Yep, it is it's not
0: it's not it's just what they know. It's their everyday.
1: And I think I hope that they're being taught that it's okay to notice the ways in which people are different. That's what I. Te- I have two biracial children. Um, my daughter is super curious. She notices that my skin color is different from hers, or different from someone else's, or somebody might be in a wheelchair, or some you know whatever the difference is. And I'm not shaming her for noticing that. We then talk about that and like how awesome that is. You know that every person is so different and. Um, we, we can have so many shades. And I feel like generationally, I think that's different than even some of um, my generation and generations before where it was like, oh, no, no, don't don't, don't pretend that, you know, pretend that you don't notice these things. Shh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shh. And that <laughs> that stigma, you know, that there's some really negative effects of that, I think. Like, it's okay to notice. And it's even okay to ask people questions if you do it respectfully, right. if you do it from a place of care and curiosity. Absolutely. And, you know, wanting to get to know someone. And I just, I feel like that's what I see with a lot of the kids around my kids is, is a similar, um, we're helping them think about it differently or they're just already thinking about it differently and we're just not squelching it. You know, we're not just like shing it out of them. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. I I don't know. When I'm around young people, like, it just isn't a thing for them. Nope. It's just it, like, it's the adults who are the ones that are hung up and caught up and, um these these stereotypes and biases and stuff but the kids uh, for to me a lot of them that i i interact with is just kind of like, oh okay <laughs> i kick it with everybody right yeah <laughs> we have a good time mm-hmm. they like the things i like and that's really what it's more about than anything um yep more so than maybe some of the other things that i think came into play when i was coming up whether it was um uh, socioeconomics of it all or I don't know. I, I had a pretty good diverse group of friends um coming up too. So I I won't say that that wasn't the way it was.
1: Yeah. And I think it's interesting, you know, we just had the census <clears throat> not that long ago, right? We understand that we're about fifteen percent non white populations. Okay. But that's across all age groups. My daughter's school <clears throat> within the Appleton School District is forty two percent non white. And um yeah, so I mean just understanding at our younger ages, this is feeling different for them. They're seeing it differently. It's going to yeah. be different, and let's let's get around that. Let's get that good energy. Let's hear from those folks and those those young people.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just I just want to get to the place where it's not a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Like it just
0: is. Um, yeah, these and are I mean, just
1: people. Like these yeah. are just humans. Yeah, yeah,
0: with with various tans or lack thereof. <laughs> <You're right. laughs>
1: Um, you know,
0: and, and backgrounds and whatever whatever the rest of the background entails. Um, no, it's I talk about it all the time. Like there's just there's a reckoning that that the region, um, the community, the various communities of the Fox Cities has to come to when the two numbers I always throw out, I do believe Appleton School District's number of students of color is 36 or 37 percent. So that's more than one out of three. And even Oshkosh is over 25 percent. So one out of four. Mm-hmm. Those, the fact of whatever these schools, these students in these schools are, you, the community, y'all need to come to terms and just realize the Jack isn't going back in the box.
1: No, they're not going to suddenly turn back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and, and that also means like they're going to stay around. Some are going to stay around, um, more, um, families will grow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It just means like, it's not going to look like this place has looked from like 1980 and before.
1: Yeah. And that excites me. I know for some people that's scary. Oh yeah. But
0: some people it is scary.
1: I do think if you see it through a child's eyes, it'll be less scary.
0: I just want you to see it through um, uh, an informed human eye. Yeah. Like people are people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At the end of the day, we kind of all want the same things.
1: We want the same things. We're different. We There are different barriers and opportunities that we might experience, but we we, we d- want and deserve the same things.
0: Facts. All right.
1: <clears throat> Community. Hope. Uh, I get a lot of hope in from just seeing what the community is doing. We have some amazing leaders in this community. Um, The ways that they're problem solving, collaborating, trying new things. Um, I just, I think I'm so hopeful for the future because of the community that we have.
0: It's true. Like um, I become more hopeful all the time. Uh, I get to talk to a lot of really good people just trying to do really good things and, um, I celebrate the intent and acknowledge the lack of knowing how.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? That's really where it's at. It's not for lack of intent for all the good they want to do.
1: And, you know, I'm not <clears throat> trying to be naive either. Like, there's definitely some stuff where I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, people getting in the way or, you know, n- not making space. Um, I'll we'll talk about that later, but... <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, you know, again, what gives me energy hope, what I'm seeing emerging, I think is super positive and just is gonna really be great for the community as we as we all move forward.
0: And I think it's happened fast it's happening at like lightning speed compared to where the way that the region moved before.
1: Yeah. And I think some of that is COVID. Um at that t- that dis- level of disruption and what we all went through, and the world, understanding the world could be very different than what we knew before. I think there's a- things just emerging out of that.
0: That's probably true. I never thought about it like that.
1: Yeah, and not all of it is that. But- no,
0: no, no. But it it was a huge disruptor. Yeah, and um, it also made it. It it also gave I. Th- in my view, we are in this place where life was coming at us so fast. It was coming at us so fast and all we were doing were running around just trying to stay ahead of it, whether it's uh, the work that we do, um, the things that we volunteer for, the things we had to take our kids to. like We were immersed in life and activities and just being busy mm-hmm. and couldn't think about so many things. Like it takes time to think like you need time for the mind to just process and shut down and have quiet. And I don't know about everybody else, but um, there was a lack of quiet for a long time.
1: Yeah. And it COVID pushed us to reconnect with ourselves, with our loved ones, slow down. There was an event to go to every night of the week. So, you know, maybe you played games or had a hobby. I think that was all really positive And, I just really have to like push myself and remind myself now, don't forget, you know, because things are picking back up, right? Getting busy oh, yeah. again, Absolutely. especially with kids. Like don't forget what it felt like to finally have these, this, this weekend where you had nothing to do, nothing. And it was great. <laughs> like, you know, you, there were other really important things to do or to spend time with yourself or with the people you care about.
0: Facts. I really enjoyed the time. Um, I enjoyed eating meals together.
1: Mm.
0: Like getting back to doing that thing. Like family meals together. Like that was huge.
1: Yeah. And there was also a lot of loss and a lot of hardship and a lot of grief. And I think even that. I think it was a unifying
0: factor. Yeah.
1: And I hope people are able to like process that in, in healthy ways. Um, you know, I lost people and that. That's still really hard to think about. That's definitely not the, you know, silver lining of COVID by any means. But even that, the my ability to, yeah, process that, you know, connect through that, honor that person in the choices that I make now. I think I'm better able to navigate that because of what we went through.
0: There is something about going through that experience that um, I think it made a lot of people humanize other people because COVID didn't care who you were. Yep. It didn't care. And sociologically, socioeconomically, um, race wise. It just, it did what it did. And we all had to be on alert, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Some of us were on different types of alerts.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Craziness. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was, I'm listening to this podcast right now that's talking about like some of the things that people believe during COVID and, um, and it's talking in particular about this, um, this, this family where the young lady lost her dad and her brother who were basically, they weren't COVID deniers, But they believed, they were vaccine deniers. And what they believed was that the vaccine made you shed your COVID and therefore other people would catch it. Mm -hmm. But really what their bigger fear was, if they were, and and this is, you know, it's so complex, right? Because some people think it's just about that. But what their bigger fear was for the father and the brother, um, who both passed, the father because... uh, he wouldn't go to the hospital mm-hmm. and the brother, because he didn't stay in it, he stayed for two days. Um, that the healthcare system scared a lot of people. They were worried about if I go in there and there was that whole thing about the doctors for every person diagnosed with COVID, were getting 10 to $15,000 and I don't want to fund that. And, they're going to give me these drugs and these drugs. Every t- person they give these drugs to, they're going to get said mandalas. Or, like, <laughs> there was just like, it, but, but I mean, and and I don't want to laugh at it because this was their fear. Mm-hmm. Like a true fear to the point that they, they let their demise happen. And that's just, oh.
1: Yes, the person that I lost is a similar situation and that's really... It is tough, like, but, I, you know, the ways in which also COVID revealed the cracks in the system, the places that people don't feel trust and confidence, you know, it is what it is. Like, I think we do also have to kind of take note of that and think about that and like, well, what do we do to repair that? Yes. Because if we, you know, we're going through a time where there will be more disasters, There, but, will, you know, there's going to be a lot that we're going to all have to live through together. And can we have some more common trust and belief in systems um, to like make it through that? I don't know. I'm I hope that we can, but I understand some of where people are at and their level of distrust with the system.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not that we can't. It's are the systems willing to earn the trust back? That's really where it's at. Yeah, it's like and that takes effort and engagement and the acknowledgement that that even as we engage to gain this trust, like it's going to take a while.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like
0: there's going to be failure on the front end. Like people aren't going to show up. People may not invite you. People will have the feelings. You just have to continue to show up.
1: Yeah. It might take 50 years. I don't know, but it, it's, we yeah. still got to work on it now. Got to work on it now.
0: Agreed. Okay. Um, we're We're ready for the next segment. Sounds good. We're, okay. Um, next segment is Kosh Hidden Gems. This is your opportunity to share something. Uh, a, it could be a thing, a place, or uh, whatever. Maybe it's something everybody knows, and it's something about it no one knows. Um, what is the gem?
1: I'm going to go back to food here because I most people I tell about this place don't what? know about it. And, you know, it's food. <clears throat> If you have never been to the Chicken Grill or Chicken Palace, the name is different in different places, in Menasha, uh, kind of off of Appleton Road. It is amazing. So it's a it's a full Mexican restaurant menu. They specialized in this delicious grilled chicken. Like, it's so good. You have to try the grilled chicken when you go there, but you also have to go back and, like, try the rest of the menu. But in the middle of the restaurant, it's like an old Fazoli's or something. I don't know. In the middle of the restaurant is this island of all-natural ice cream. What? Yeah. So, I'm a sucker for ice cream. Mm, bruh. And so, I mean, you can get, like, a delicious meal, wonderful staff, wonderful environment, and then, like pick whatever kind of natural it's the best ice cream it's just yeah it's so i don't know funny me like it's it's kind of an interesting model but nobody really knows about it and it's we used to live by there and it was one of our favorite places to go so i always tell people chicken grill slash chicken palace in menasha and i still not quite sure exactly what the right name is because it has changed over time one time i think on their menu it was chicken place <laughs> so i don't know and people if, it, if you're like chicken grill you don't even think it's like a mexican restaurant right you know so i wouldn't think mexican no. if i heard chicken grill but it is it's amazing they have like a ton of seafood too yeah it's and great let me ask the true
0: question and this will be my this is my personal judgment if it's a mexican restaurant mm-hmm. is there the music yeah All right, then it's a Mexican restaurant. That's how I judge a Mexican restaurant. (laughs) I'm just saying, if there's not the music, it's
1: not a Mexican restaurant. It's
0: totally the music. Yeah, it is the music. I don't know about anybody else, but it's infectious
1: music. And I think it's the same family that also owns, I'm not going to say right, La Micho Like They've had other restaurants in the community. And I think there was one um, by the grocery store on West College Avenue um, but any, at any rate, know, know, it's the, a family-owned. Are you business. talking about? Do they own the grocery store? Yes, uh, and Ryan Quinto, can't think Quinto of it. Yeah, Quinto Soul. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think you know it's all all family-owned. So.
0: You know. Okay. Now I know there's a restaurant next to Quinto Soul, right? But back in the day, they the restaurant was in the back of it, mm-hmm. and that burrito <laughs> would have been my. Jim,
1: you and you and your burritos i know it's serious look serious look
0: burritos you know there's there's just certain things that just make you happy Mm -hmm. as a as a simple man (laughs) (laughs) there are sandwiches quality quality like fred flintstone sandwiches like the sandwich that's stacked up with, with, with some some Miracle Whip, not mayonnaise. <laughs> you heard me, Miracle Whip. And like the right kind of mustard. I like a little horseradish mustard, and it's a stacked up sandwich. That's how I feel about burritos. Mm-hmm. The masterful made burrito is an art form.
1: I feel like this is going to be part of you as a grandpa, is like imparting your love of burritos and sandwiches to your grandchildren. <laughs> Well, yeah,
0: and and part of it will be me teaching them how to make a good one yeah. for Grandpa. <laughs> Go make Grandpa a burrito, <laughs> and I have no shame about that. <coughs> None. All right, okay. I'm the the chicken grill or palace. Um, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to Google this now. This this sounds like a field trip that must happen. Okay, I'm with
1: it. What's the cash need? I think it needs leadership transition. I think. Ooh,
0: break that down. What is, what exactly do you mean?
1: I think that there's, um, leadership from the community, from the business community, you know, philanthropy, education, um, that maybe was the leadership our community needed like pre-COVID, um. And I think now our community needs different leadership and we need to embrace the shift that's happening, Um, right? A lot of the baby boomers, boomers retiring, right? We've got this huge just shift and I think we need to just embrace it and like not be scared about it. I think it's going to be okay. (laughs) And I just, there's some spaces where I just think people need to, they care so much, which is why they, 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 they see like you know, our community has needs and they want to work on the challenge we have. And so they're, they're giving of themselves and their resources to continue to be a leader. Yeah. And I think they maybe just don't know that there are amazing young professionals coming up just right behind you that maybe you don't know yet, or you're not sure yet, but I, I'm just trying to encourage folks like it'll be okay. Just to kind of, if you can embrace the shift, make some space for some other different kinds of leadership. Cause I think our community is ready for it.
0: I need more than just that. <laughs> but I like it. Um, no, I just, a uh, uh, shout out to my man, Ku, um, from uh, us two behavioral. I was just having this conversation with him. And what I need is you are right in what you're saying, but I need one more step. I need those leaders to go mentor the new leaders. I need them to teach them the systems. There's so much nuance to how things work. and, and, and like, Sometimes there's in where confidence of ability, whether internally, externally, and what I mean by that is the people who have confidence in said leader or the confidence the leader themselves has is just not knowing what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And those leaders, as they should properly get ready to hand over the reins, go share some of those secrets, go prep the next gen so there's not those mistakes give them a clear pathway and with uh, um, infused with the new ideas um, the new set of eyes i just think there's a great opportunity don't take it with you
1: mm, yes you I, I can agree with that and i think yeah if they if it's like i'm gonna give up my spot here but i'm still going to support the person who takes it and i'm going to help them navigate the system and tell them what i've learned that i'm cool with i think we can't though place Expect those leaders to operate the same way that the folks that are leaving the space did.
0: No, no, no. It's not. I don't want it to be done the same way, but yep. there's there's definitely a way that things are done. You need historical context, mm-hmm. you know, because building from scratch never works well when something's already built. Because there's too much pushback. hmm. There's too much internal pushback, so it has to be an infusion of new and established.
1: And I also think, I don't think some of our young leaders should necessarily like wait around. Like if you know opportunities aren't available or there's not things opening up or people still want to do things the same way, create something new.
0: Oh, I, make the table. Yeah, I I think <laughs> and Bruh. and
1: there will people be people who maybe don't like that. They're you know like wait, what, wait, what's this? But I trust and know like that will also be okay
0: well no uh, somebody had to make the table before right so i'm all for new tables being made but then i still say established leaders veteran leaders go support them and still help them because there's still other systems in play that they've got to learn to maneuver.
1: And because people definitely did that for you, right? You you had Facts. mentors. Like you had people who lifted you up. Facts. Yeah, totally.
0: Yes, there's absolutely. No one gets anywhere successfully by themselves. No. You are, there's always help. No matter how much you think you pulled yourself up by your own bootstraps, someone probably bought you the boots and the straps.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's just the truth of it. Yep. So don't you know, and and be open to like what the new leadership may look like. Maybe something really new. Just just may not look like you.
1: And I think there's this. Um, it came up, and I'm I'm working on a master's in public administration. It came up in one of my courses a couple months ago. <clears throat> there's always a skepticism. From the generations that are in positions of power for the younger ones, right? Oh, yeah. it, it's classic. It, it, I mean, so you know the the young people in the '60s that were gonna like ruin society, right? With everything. Mm-hmm. well, those are the people who are like our leaders now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's definitely sometimes looking at the new generations and judgment and fear, and you know, like they're not gonna be able to do it. They don't have the skills. Um, but that's that just is cyclical. So if you if you realize that and just try to work through it, embrace it. Like it'll all be okay.
0: Agreed. All right. Ready for the next segment? Yeah. All right. Next segment is the naughty slash heroes corner. This is your opportunity to nominate something,
1: somebody, however, it could be anything to the naughty or the heroes corner. I'm going to do the heroes corner and I'm going to nominate our civic leaders. Okay. Okay. Just after the recent election and just seeing how hard people worked, um, especially the folks that really got out there in the community, knocking on the doors every day, talking to people, trying to understand people's cares and concerns. Some of them got elected, some of them didn't, but I still really appreciate the work that they do. I think it's really important. So heroes, civic leaders.
0: I like that. I give credit to anybody who runs. It's not easy, you know. Um, I'll give you more credit if you don't run negative attack ads. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, No, but I do respect it for what it is because there's nothing easy about that at all.
1: Yeah, and some of it's an uphill battle, so... And some people know that and they're still out there. They're still out there knocking on doors and talking to people.
0: Yeah, that's true. So like sometimes you're running and you know there's not like the chance of you winning is so slim, but you're you're on, you're out there on principle and like you got to admire that. I don't yeah, you help giving people choices. Right. And that's exactly what I'm running my write-in <laughs> campaign on is the principle of no ads. <laughs> Timber Smith, write me in. All right. I'm just saying. Okay. Thank you, Carolyn. Uh, we're gonna take a short commercial break and um, then we're coming back to the, the best part of the show. All right. Hi, I'm Don Golke, the executive director of CASA of the Fox Cities. Science proves that one consistent adult can change the story of a child. Could that one person be you? Become a court-appointed special advocate Build a relationship with a child, help identify their needs, and give that child a voice in a process that can otherwise feel lonely. Contact us today. Children who have experienced abuse and neglect can't wait. Learn more about CASA of the Fox Cities at casafc.org or call Leah at 920-257-4733. All right, Um, we're ready to jump in to the most important part of the show. Every time, every time I get geeked about it, I don't know why. It just makes me happy. Yeah, there's something about that music, isn't there Something about that. Mm-hmm. It just is like it. It sets you up. It's saying it's time for the topic of the week.
1: I feel a little pressure from that music, though. It's like that's some serious music.
0: <laughs> uh, you know what? If it wasn't for the fact that you, by far, have the shoulders to handle that type of pressure, I would be worried. But you are Carolyn. You'll be just fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So, topic of the week is chosen by our guest of the week and. This week's topic of the week is?
1: Emergence.
0: Uh-oh. Break that down. Bruh.
1: It is it is something that I'm still learning about, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to be an expert on it, but the more I learn about it, the more I feel like it's helping me understand and navigate just like some of the stuff that's going on in the world in the day-to-day that sometimes feels like too much. So um, actually it came up in the course that I'm in currently um, for my MPA, and I was like, huh, let's learn more about this. So <clears throat> there's a couple different ways you could define emergence, but the one that I think is like most simple is that emergence is nature's way of changing. And it's this natural process of disruption. So you go from kind of coherence to disruption to differentiation and then back to coherence. And when I learned about this you know, it helped me put in perspective, like, the natural disasters, right? Like, just the political extremism, the, the things that happen on a day-to-day that make me feel like I don't know what's going on, it's scary, and I also feel really small. Like, I feel like, how can I, what I do, how can it matter when some of these things are just so big? But emergence sort of reminds us that some of this is natural, some of it is not, (laughs) but that like disruption is part of a natural process and that the way that we respond to it and what we do, how we interact with other people, that it does matter. Um, so Margaret Wheatley first kind of wrote about this in a book called Leadership in the New Science. And she wrote about how everything comes down to relationships and that, you know, chaos is a part of the process. And then this concept like uh, a few years ago, Adrienne Marie Brown wrote a book called Emergent Strategy, where she added some new layers to this concept. It's called Emergent, Emergent Strategy Shaping Change, Changing Worlds. And she's famous for saying, things are not getting worse, things are getting uncovered. And um, yeah, just the more I learn about it, I feel like it's, it's been kind of a balm for moments when I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do, what's going on? And just coming back to that small interactions matter, relationships matter, the actions you take as a person. Do matter, and that this is you can't have the new future, you can't have the emergence without the disruption. That's it. it. (laughs) You're looking at me like, uh oh. (laughs) No, no, no.
0: I uh, okay, so I've never heard it put like that, and I've never heard that terminology um, defined like that, and it makes too much sense.
1: i and, know that's right
0: <laughs> right and so like i'm i'm just i'm i'm sitting here processing in real time
1: <laughs> yeah i wanted to like share some of the principles of emergent strategy that again these don't come from me these come from adrian marie brown's book but i feel like they're so helpful so one of the things she says is small is good small is all the large is a reflection of the small change is constant be like water
0: I've definitely heard that one.
1: Yeah. Trust the people and move at the speed of trust. And that too, like I find that the more I invest in my relationship with other people and my ability to trust other people and trust myself, like I feel like the better I am at being a change agent and just being like a responsible human being and citizen. Um, Also the idea that what you pay attention to grows. So I really struggle with that. I often pay a lot of attention to the negative and the scary things
0: I think we all do. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's to a fault.
1: It's easier to. And also the world is just like shoving in our face all, all the, the time. time. The news, social media. And like, I mean, it's, I don't, I do not think that is positive though. And it's in these sound bites, right? Yes. And we don't even have time to process it. So it's just kind of, you know, coming at us all the time in a way that's not even maybe fully, we're not even really fully processing it. And so I'm trying to pay attention to. The positive things, the hopeful examples, um, not to ignore the negative, because there's this part of me that feels like, well, to be a responsible citizen, like I have to know what's going on. Like I have to know what's going on in the world. I have to try yeah. to make room in my mind and my heart for all of this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you do have to know. You have to be informed. Right. You don't have to receive it all, though.
1: Right. Or like make that your orientation i guess you know so i'm trying to you know be more oriented to w- the positive and this idea that life moves toward life right so what's the life that i'm that i want to move towards and that's kind of what i said earlier about and and maybe there's just going to be creating some completely new stuff like that's where i sometimes get stuck in the wanting to fix fix the the system and the bad the stuff about it that's bad and like that's going to make it better right the most important thing right now is is fixing these systems and forget like or we could just do it a new way. <laughs> Not like it's easy, but we could. There there are new ways of doing things and so um emergence is the way these complex systems and patterns arise out of these relatively simple interactions and complex order self-organizing out of disorder. And it's 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 just very new and different to me and but the more I learn about it the more I feel like it's very helpful just in the just the, today's really complex world super complex
0: so this is a concept you've recently learned right give us an example of something that learning this concept has helped you reframe
1: putting me on the spot <laughs> well,
0: well it, you know it's it, it, because I'm just curious like it, it I can tell like, I'm gonna look, we're just so you're uh, you are warned now that we're gonna have further conversation <laughs> about this. Um, our next coffee will be uh, about this because uh, i'm I'm super curious. and some of those some of those quotes are things that I've heard, but not um, I didn't know where they came from and and I didn't know what they were connected to. Yeah, so
1: well, I guess an example, like without <clears throat> being too specific. You know, so made some attempts recently to try to use my connection to something and my privilege with something to um, raise some concerns and provide some feedback. But I don't think I was thinking about, did I have the trust to do that? Like, did those people trust me enough to even like really hear what I was trying to say? Right. And they didn't. Like, I kind of skipped that part. Uh. <laughs> um, And, you know, it's OK. Like, I think. There's probably some things that still needed to be shared and, but that was a lesson, I guess, of like, okay, so, but, so if I had instead focused more on where do I really have trust in like authentic relationships, um, and maybe let some other things go, even if they bother me, even if I feel like I have some, some level of responsibility to do something right, um, to remember that, you know, if I don't really have that trust in the relationship, it's probably not going to turn out the way I think it is.
0: It's facts. It it's, I've come to conclude like trust is such the fundamental foundation to so many things. If you want movement or change.
1: Yeah. And we talk about that a lot, right? Yes. And it's so true. And I think that's part of what is making all of the polarization and the extremism. I think we've lost trust in a lot of ways, even trust within our own neighborhoods, like even trust within our own communities. I think, I don't know, the pace of the world, social media, all this, all that stuff is kind of getting in the way of, of building trust with other people.
0: Well, I think distrust is profitable.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs>
0: I mean, there's something to that, right? But yeah. it's creating distrustful, uh, pockets of society is profitable like people Mm -hmm. create whether whether, whatever it is media marketing and fear mongering and all the things and you know yeah it it, yeah
1: and then we're being used yeah we're totally being
0: used but you know when trust works and maybe like it's a thing where i'm always like uh familiarity Familiarity is like a place like uh, particularly in like diversity, like when you get that neighbor that isn't like any other neighbor you've ever had before and you live next to them for a while and you find out, oh, they go to school like us. They work like us. They pay taxes like us. They want safety like us. Oh, they built a fence like us. They <laughs> uh, they fish like us. They hunt like us. They, they are everything about them is like us. And then all you're really doing is building trust mm-hmm. because you've now had engagement. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said for that. So like trust is such the fundamental foundational building block of soul, of societal... Um, transformation.
1: Yeah. You need to hit the button for yourself there. (laughs) That was pretty deep, the clap one. Ah, ah.
0: (laughs) Yes, Peter did say, I need to give the guests (laughs) their own set of buttons.
1: (laughs) That would be really fun. But yeah, and I think, I think everything you said is is so true. And I I try to think too about like, what are the cultural things that's maybe holding me back? Because there's like, some things about even just in my, we've been in our home just two years, so we're still kind of new to the neighborhood. Like, I don't really know how to meet people. I sometimes worry I'm being intrusive and I just like, there's all these layers of like, "Ah, I don't know if I should say this. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should go over and introduce myself to this person that like hold me back from some of those relationships that could be so, you know, fruitful and helpful. And it's like literally you're right next door. And if we can't build community and build trust at that next door level, or even like within our own families, like, well, how do we expect there to be trust you know in other places and within larger systems um the other thing that emergence teaches us is like <clears throat> things aren't black and white things aren't just good or bad like we want to try to maybe simplify things and i i get in that trap a lot of like you know yeah that there's there's a binary that we only have binary choices and we really don't we have a lot more choices um and so just remembering that and And then also realizing there are times where I might choose to be the disruptor.
0: Mm.
1: And there are times where I I don't need to play the disruptor role. I could play a different kind of role. That's been very helpful to me to start thinking about that concept. That's okay. I brought a poem. (laughs) I've never seen a poem before. Hey!
0: (laughs) I'm excited about Um, this.
1: Because it does like a much better job of, I don't know, touching on this. And I think it's just really beautiful. It's a poem... a coworker um, that I really just value her, and she's such a deeply creative person, Um, and she shared it with me. It's by a, a poet named Nikita Gill. She's a British Indian poet, and it's called What They Do Not Tell You About Miracles. What they do not tell you about miracles is how they come from complete chaos, how everything around us must fall apart before we can make something better. How the veil of comfort must be ripped from our faces for us to be able to truly grow. This is what the stars, the sun, and the moon already know. Here are the parts of what makes a successful miracle. Let healing arrive where there is agony. Let beauty arise where there is tragedy. Let joy fill up spaces and defeat violence. Let it be followed by benevolence. May everything good thrive despite this ruthlessness.
0: Facts. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't need much more.
1: No, that's it's, it's a really incredible. She has a she has a several books of poems. So Nikki, Nikita Gill, check her out.
0: Okay, Nikita Gill. All right. Anything else? Is, is you you. This was this this went hard. <laughs> I mean, you know I look <laughs> I what I just look I love it when the topic of the week just it Kosh listeners like um you know the cash listeners like they're they're a very involved listener, right? They're thinkers, they're doers. Um they're people that care about their community. Um And so when we we're lucky enough to get topics like this, like it goes, I just want to acknowledge it and say it goes hard.
1: (laughs) Well, I hope they enjoy it. And I hope they have questions about it or like disagree. I'd love to hear it.
0: Oh, yeah. Well,
1: we do. We do open the door. okay. And with
0: that, I think we'll start transitioning and say thank you thank you thank you kosh listeners for giving us your time your most valuable resource and spending it with us and um taking some time to listen once again um if you ever 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 a want to be a guest on the show Because I keep it a 100% open door policy Or if you've got questions or comments About anything that's said on an episode Please, please, please I encourage you to reach out to us at Askthekosh at gmail.com Once again, that is Askthekosh at gmail.com And for this one We are definitely encouraging Let us know how you feel We want to know Also, Kosh listeners We you know, we're a show where we like participation. Please, please, please feel free to send us a voicemail, ask us a question, send shout outs. We will play it on an episode. Uh, and to do that, that phone number is 920-385-9298. Once again, that is 920-385-9298. And normally I would... Pub it and say Y'all need to get some kosh gear But instead <laughs> this week What I'm going to start doing Is say you know what I need y'all help I need y'all help By going out there And putting on Apple Podcasts Spotify I need comments and ratings Help us raise our profile Help more people learn about the kosh Because um, I think we, We're a pretty cool show um, for who we are and where we're located and to be able to get the the different voices uh, the diverse voices on all sorts of diversity professionally, socially, economically um, I just think there's value to learn about your community members and the different things happening at the community members uh, or help ha- happening in the community and what's going on um so help us help you and your friends by a sharing episodes when they're released and b putting a rating for us no matter good bad or indifferent all right thank you thank you thank you and now even though i say topic of the week is my favorite time of the show actually this is the real favorite time of the show <laughs> It is shout-out time. What? You can't. It's shout-out time. What's better than doing shout-outs?
1: No, it's good. Yeah, what do you mean? It's good. No, it's <laughs> great. It's <just> the, <laughs> the sound effects. I just crack me up. <laughs> so, Carolyn, what do you got for shout-outs? I would like to give a shout-out to our veterans. Yesterday was Veterans Day. I want to make sure to thank some of the veterans in my life. So, thank you, Timber. Hey,
0: thank you.
1: Um, I want to say thank you to my younger brother, Tori Armstrong to my cousins, Mitch and Jack Armstrong to my uncle Tom Armstrong and my other cousin, Nathan Cole, and to all the other service members. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for the, the choice that you've made to serve your country.
0: Facts. All right. Anyone else? Any other shout outs? I'm good with that. All right. Okay. My shout outs for this week. Um, Big fat shout out to us two behavioral, uh, to, uh, my man, Peter out there. Who's been a guest, uh, to my, to Shing, to Koo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the work you do in our community. Um, just know, um, it's
1: making a difference. It
0: matters in so many ways.
1: Yeah, they, I'll double down on that shout out. They're incredible.
0: Um, I'd like to send a shout out to Cat the poet is—that is, that is not her name but that is what I am calling her uh we are working on um, the possibility of a Poet Laureate program and so uh, I got to meet a young lady named Cat um and Cat was super knowledgeable she had um she was part of helping to institute the Poet Laureate program for the state of Wisconsin um so um Kat, thank you for that time. Thank you for that knowledge. Thank you for your passion about poetry. And uh, I look forward to connecting again. Um, Big, big shout out to the Boys and Girls Club team and the Youth of the Year process. That was fantastic. I got to be part of it. I got to be a judge and help select one of these amazing youth. There was five amazing candidates. Um, These students crushed the game. Totally crushed the game. I'm, you know, I want to go back to something that Carolyn said earlier. If you don't have opportunities to connect to today's youth, find it. Volunteer and find it. And I promise you, you will be so enthusiastic and thrilled about the future being in their hands and where they're going to take it because this this generation coming up, they're going to do big things. So, yeah, um, big, big shout-out to them. Um, big shout-out to Kayla over at the Boys and Girls Club, uh, my my uh, Boys and Girls Club partner in crime, and to the Oshkosh or the Wisconsin Herd. Herd season has begun again. Herd games have been happening. Timber's going to Herd games. If y'all don't know, Herd games are Timber's happy place. <laughs> we love a good Herd game. So, Going to the herd game tonight to Authors, um, which is one of my favorite eateries mm-hmm. in on College Ave. Uh, I got to go to lunch there, um, and uh, for Veterans Day, and uh, they saw I, I I don't really put it out there, right? I real subtle about it because everybody everybody handles how they serve differently, and what I did in the service, like I really. I was an optician, so like I not mm. I wasn't going out there doing crazy things. I was just helping making people see. So, which <laughs> <laughs> is an important part of the game, but yeah. it somehow it just the, the, compared to the sacrifice that others have made, it's just not quite the same. <laughs> um, but uh, I was wearing a pin, and they, um, you know, before I left there, they just slipped me a nice little dessert and said thank oh, you, and I nice. I appreciate y'all for that. That that kind of it made my day, cool. and to uh, vets and friends uh which is a program in appleton that serves veterans um and um myself and my boss got to go serve breakfast to the vets um and there's this one world war ii veteran and i think he's 96 years old and uh he was the gunner in a b1 i think it's a I don't don't quote me on this but it's like a b1 bar, a bomber like he's a he's a big deal wow he's a really big deal um and he's still moving around he was at every veteran activity i went to for the week he was there i think his, if i am correct i believe his name is arden mm-hmm. um big big shout out to vets and friends and just all those other services and to everybody who took t- who's served to The families of service members, um, and to those who work on behalf of service members, thank you. All right, long shout out this week <laughs> that happens sometimes, but I, you know, I don't want to miss that. It's your
1: favorite priority, you
0: <laughs> it is, it is, you know, what you know, what's funny is every once in a while, I'll, um, I'll be going down the street or be somewhere and somebody will walk up to me and be like, oh, my God, I just, I heard your shout out. Thank you. And I'll be like, oh, for real? Y'all actually made it to the end. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a test, actually. (laughs) It is a test. (laughs) Facts. Bruh. All right. All right. So for the last, last part of the show, I got options for you. Oh, come on. Here's, Here's where we are. You can all right. We do. We always do it. A, B, or C. So A, you can give us parting words of wisdom. B, tell us what would yourself today tell your twelve year old self. And C, all of the above. So, uh, Carolyn, what are you thinking? Where where, where, are you at?
1: I think what I want to say. probably applies to all of the above okay. and it relates to the, the subject of trust we talked about earlier trust yourself you know find a way to get to know yourself that you can really trust and love yourself I wish I my younger self would know that and that it would you know I'd get to a place where I really felt like I knew myself and could trust myself so I think that's my parting words of wisdom and what I would have said to my younger self
0: I like that S facts.
1: Thank you for having me on the show. I love the show. I listen to it all the time. You have amazing guests. I feel honored to be one of them.
0: Thank you. Hey, thank you, the cash.